The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Are we becoming more or less divided? Are the issues of racial tension being resolved or getting worse? Is the um, intensity of racial, uh, political partisanship improving or getting worse? And now let's ask it very personally. How about for you? Are you making matters worse or are you bringing healing to the divide? Are you part of the problem or part of the solution? How about the way you post and interact online? How about the way you interact with your friends and colleagues and coworkers? How about the things you say over a cup of coffee or at the dining room table? Is it making matters worse or are you part of the solution? In 1798, just a few years after the forming of our nation, two states, Kentucky and Virginia, were uh, growing more and more frustrated with the growing powers of the United States federal government. And so they began to write uh, resolutions within their state against the power of the federal government. The, the tension became uh, rise, began to rise to a war-like level. George Washington became incredibly concerned that if this continued to happen, it would lead to the dissolution of the union. And so he spoke to Patrick Henry about his grave concerns for the well-being of this newly formed nation. And a year later, Patrick Henry wrote a speech and as he, as he came up to give this speech, he, he was incredibly sick. He, he swayed back and forth as he spoke passionately. And in his speech, he said this, united we stand, divided we fall. Let us not split into factions which must destroy that union upon which our existence hangs. He began to cough and he fell after he finished his speech and he died two months later. But his words carry on. Divided we fall, united we stand. Today, does it even seem possible that we can stand united? That we can heal the hurts and the hate that swirls like a violent storm around us? I mean, is it possible to bring healing to our streets? To restore what's broken? To unify the division over racial tension? political animosity, one group hating another group because of their social or economic positions. And when we make it personal, is it possible for me to view those that I strongly oppose as something more than a position or a viewpoint or an enemy? 
Is it possible that I could begin to see even those that I vehemently disagree with as human? We have this tension and this challenge as a nation that we too often become brother against brother, race against race, class against class, and it becomes the, you know, vaccinated versus the anti-vaxxers, the, um, the, the racists versus the race baiters, right? And this, this, this just stirs more and more hate, and it feels like it's growing to an out-of-control proportion. And you might ask this question, am I my brother's keeper? There it is. That's the question. That's the question that Cain asked God. Am I my brother's keeper? In essence, are they my problem? Are those that I disagree with my problem? Why do I have to see them as a person? Why do I have to see them as human? I mean, am I my brother's keeper? Now, in this situation, Cain was actually talking about his brother that he had just murdered. And this is significant because this is the first murder ever recorded of a human being. The first brothers, and one of them kills the other. And this is also significant because the guy who is killed, Abel, is the first one on a long list of heroes of the faith. Abel is included in a list uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. Now the context of this is the letter to the Hebrews is a letter to the church about risk-taking love. And Abel, the guy who was murdered, is held up as an example and as someone who still speaks to us today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse four, reads this way. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. There we go. This is where the sibling rivalry and jealousy and murderous intent comes from because Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. So the, 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 the story goes that both Cain and Abel wanted to bring God a sacrifice. Cain brought produce from his farm and Abel brought a firstborn lamb from his livestock. Cain and Abel both bring an offering and what's important about this sacrifice is not what they brought, but how they brought it. Many scholars and theologians have debated that maybe the issue was what they brought. But the point that the author of Hebrews makes abundantly clear is that it's not what was brought, it's the way it was brought. He was commended for his righteousness, meaning he did something right. He didn't bring the right thing, he brought it with the right attitude. So what, what is the difference? You can kind of contrast Abel with Cain. So Cain did not bring his with a righteous attitude. In fact, what you quickly discern when you read the story is that Cain is bringing his with the wrong heart, with the wrong attitude. Meaning he, he's coming in confident in himself while Abel comes with no self-confidence, but it's putting his confidence in God. 
Cain comes believing that he has earned the right to sacrifice to God and he deserves something from God. His attitude is that of religion. If I give more, I get more. God, if I do this for you, then you owe me this. And religion always destroys. It will destroy our own heart. It will destroy our attitude toward God and it will destroy others. In contrast, Abel comes to God humbly with a posture of, God, I don't deserve anything from you, but I'm willing to give this to you. God, I, I'm asking that you be pleased with my sacrifice. You don't owe me anything, but I'll give you my everything. You deserve my worship and my best. Abel comes to God by faith. And Cain, because of his wrong attitude toward God, what you quickly discover is that his broken relationship with God hurts relationship with his brother. Division with God creates division between people. So let's jump back in to the story, Genesis chapter four, and we'll read verse nine and 10. After Cain has killed Abel, God speaks to Cain, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And maybe God is asking some of you this same question. Where's that coworker that you used to have coffee with? Where's your family member that you used to pray with or pray for? Where's that neighbor that you used to hang out with? that individual that now there's a significant divide between you and them, God might be speaking to you. Where is that individual? Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. And maybe you're saying the same thing. I don't know. God, I don't know where they're at. Is that my problem? Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said to him, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You cannot keep hidden from me what you've done. There, there's a cry coming up from our streets, from the blood of division and hate and hurt. There's a cry coming up from our cities where division has dominated the headlines and it's reached it's reached heaven. God, the loving Father, calls down to us. Where's your brother? And we say, I, I don't know. We talk about why is that my problem? Am I my brother's keeper? Are they my problem? Is that issue my problem? Is that city street my problem? Is that block in my community my issue? Is my neighbor my problem? And, and what? What really becomes the example of Abel is that he lives in contrast to Cain and Cain in contrast to Abel, right? So Abel offers a righteous sacrifice with a right heart attitude. Cain comes in arrogantly and self-confident 
confidently and offers a wicked sacrifice. Cain has an attitude of, or is divided from God. Therefore, he's divided from his brother and destroys his brother. In contrast, Cain was in right relationship with, or I'm sorry, not Cain. Abel was in right relationship with God, came in humility, and it would have kept him in humility with others. You know what faith does and what we learn from Abel? As the author of Hebrews says that today, Abel's faith still speaks to us. You know what it's speaking to us? Faith means we are our brother's keeper. When, God, when, when Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes. By faith, I am my brother's keeper. I don't get to shake my head when God says, where are they? And say, I don't know. It's not my problem. But, but here's the challenge, that we are like Cain. And, and we, our cities, our streets, will never heal the divide until our own hearts are healed. Listen to what happens between Cain and God, verse six and seven. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. At the core, God is speaking to Cain and saying, you came with the wrong attitude, with a wrong heart, with self-confidence, but I wanna challenge you that you need to get that right because there is this spiritual force inside of you that wants to dominate you and destroy you, and that dominating sin will destroy others through you. So you need to get it right God challenges him. You don't have to be angry with others. You don't have to be so frustrated and downcast and discouraged because of all the division around you. You can become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And as a result, your faith will be accepted by God. And so what is the answer? Well, here's the thing, right? Cain, who is divided from God, becomes divided from his brother and destroys. When we live divided from God because of sin that isn't just crouching inside of us, but has already devoured us, sin is a spiritual sabotaging force that separates us from God, and it leads towards separation between brothers, between people who we should view as brothers, it, it, it's what creates the clashing of politics and racial tension and all the other challenges, masks versus no masks, ma vaccinated versus anti-vaccinated. It's, it's, it's not the disagreements. It's the division that leads to destruction that comes from sin. But God... This sin that leads to not just death and division, but forever judgment. God was unwilling to leave you and I. He was unwilling to leave people separated from him and separated from each other. And so he intervened. And I have good news for you. Jesus did not look at us and say, yeah, they're not my problem. Jesus became his brother's keeper. And where Cain killed his brother and spilled his blood, Jesus came as our brother and gave his blood. He offered himself in sacrificial death. Why? Because someone had to die. Not just physically die. There had to be an eternal 
death payment. And so Jesus, God himself, gave his life as the eternal sacrifice for us. So through Jesus' debt, death, our debt was paid, our death sentence removed, and through his resurrection from the dead, Jesus overcomes sin, he defeats death, and he offers eternal life. Well, what's the key there? Because Jesus rose from the dead, his life gives us access to God. Through faith in Jesus, we are forgiven of our sins, we're restored to right relationship with God. And when you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit, right, who is invisible and eternal comes and lives in our spirit. This is beautiful. Jesus became his brother's keeper. He, he looked out for us. He took responsibility for us. He died. He rose from the dead. And then he sends us his spirit to live in us so that we are unified, united in relationship with God. And when we're reunited in relationship with God, we're forgiven and we're restored and we're made whole with God. Maybe right now there's a divide between you and God. And the division between you and God is tearing your heart apart, but it's also hurting others. The key here is not trying harder to get along with others, but first having a right relationship with God. And so what you and I need more than anything is to be forgiven and given new life and given God's spirit so that we are unified or reunited in relationship with God. And if that's where you're at, Stop worrying about the division around you and worry about the division that it lives in you. Like Cain, maybe you're separated from relationship with God and God challenged him, make it right and you will be accepted. How do you make it right? By believing in Jesus by faith. And so can I encourage you? Take that step of faith. Acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you say yes to him? When you say yes to Jesus, you're putting your faith in God through Jesus. Let us know. You can text the name Jesus to 81411, or you can just post it uh, in the comment section. Someone will follow up with you. We want to encourage you as you begin this new relationship with God. Man, we're so excited that you're joining us, and uh, you're joining us online. You're part of our larger family, and I want you to know that through faith in Jesus, he says, welcome home. Uh, not, not always just welcome home into the doors of a church, but through faith, even joining us online, you are welcome home home into the family of God where you are called a friend of God. You're our brothers and sisters, and we want you to be part of the Lifehouse family. Man, welcome home. Let us know you're there. Man, if, you're, if you've been watching online and you have not gotten connected with Lifehouse in any other way, can I encourage you? Let us know who you are. Man, become part of the family, and our celebration is welcome home. Abel, by faith, had re right relationship with God. And that right relationship speaks to us today. Similarly, there was another individual that comes next in the list in Hebrews chapter 11, someone who valued relationship with God above all else. His name was Enoch. Let's read about him. The very next verse, this is verse five. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. You, you know what the quick lesson about Enoch is? 
he valued relationship with God above all else. He valued relationship with God above his own life. And as a result, death couldn't keep him from God. And so God invites him home without him ever dying. And you know what the only thing we have that remains of Enoch? His children. His relationships outlasted his departure. Your relationships will outlast you when you are in right relationship with God. And that's the key. Your relationships will outlast you, your time here when you are in right relationship with God. That's the story and message of Enoch, right? That people like Noah and Moses came from Enoch. Jesus came from the lineage of Enoch. His legacy, his relationships outlasted his time on earth. And when we have right relationship with God, our legacy is our relationship. Jesus described it this way, in contrast to religion, which looks out for itself and believes that I'm, I've earned something and I deserve something. True faith says, God, I didn't earn anything. I don't deserve anything. You did it all for me and I receive your love. And the love that I receive, what fills, spills. That's one of my favorite sayings because it just captures the heart of God. He fills us and then what he fills us with spills out of us. Jesus captured uh, the two key commandments. If you were to summarize the entire Bible, Jesus said, you could summarize it in these two commands. It's found in the gospel of Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37, where Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Cain did not love God with all of his heart. He, was, he came with a hard heart, came with a selfish heart. If you're, if you're going to come to God by faith, you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Jesus said, this is the first and the greatest commandment, but the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. You know what the key to this is? What is Jesus challenging his listeners and followers? He's challenging them about this idea that if I believe in God by faith. I am my brother's keeper. If I love God, I will love others. Loving God means loving others. If I love God, then I will love others because God's love fills, then spills. You can't help but love others when you love God because others become your brothers. Now, please, those of you that are women, don't, you know, don't be offended by this. It's a, I'm, I'm trying to make a big generic statement playing off of the Cain and Abel story where faith, get, faith in God fills me with the kind of love that spills and makes me my brother's keeper so that when God says, where were you? Where is your brother? I don't get to say, I don't know. They're not my problem. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer from Jesus is yes. You are your brother's keeper. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Anyone that you come in contact with becomes your neighbor. Anyone that you become aware of in need becomes your brother. That's the story. Jesus goes on to illustrate a story about who is your neighbor. And he talks about a Jewish man who gets beat up and robbed on the street and left looking like he's dead. And a priest and a, and a, a scribe or a, a Levite goes by and they don't even help him. 
people who were religiously and biologically related to him. But then a Samaritan who was of a different race and a different class goes and helps the man who was beaten. And Jesus says, who was a neighbor to the man that was beaten? The one who showed him compassion. And the key is this, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Loving God means loving my neighbor. So what does it mean to love my neighbor? It means to look out for my neighbors. It means to talk less about them and talk more with them. It means to talk to God about them before I talk to them about God. Did you catch that? Pray for them and then care for them. It means getting intimately involved in the lives of those around me. It means opening my eyes to actually see people rather than problems. It means seeing people rather than politics, seeing people rather than just their race or their class or their, um, put their position on vaccinations or masks or whatever has, is the next wave of things that's going to be used to divide us. It's time for us to be unified through love because we took personal responsibility as we love God to love our neighbor. And this changes everything. Let, let me be very clear. We don't, this series is about for our city. And so for each of you joining us online, we, we believe that God is for your community. He's for your city. He's for your state. He's for your country. God is for you. And he's gonna, he's gonna impact your neighborhood, your city, your state, your country through you. As God pours his love in you, he's gonna pour his love through you, right? Loving God means loving my neighbor. But we don't change cities. We love neighbors. And cities are changed one neighbor who's loved at a time. Let me be very clear. Let me repeat that. We don't transform cities. We love our neighbor. And our cities are changed when we love one neighbor at a time. And here's what happens. And it's recorded in the, the, the letter of the Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 10. For he was looking forward to, talking of Abraham, he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And so each of the people that become heroes of the faith are, are uh, he's saying, are looking forward to a city whose builder and maker is God. They're looking forward to heaven a better place, a perfect place with perfect justice and perfect harmony and perfect unity. But he's also making this point that while they were looking ahead to a city whose builder and maker is God, they were at work inviting heaven to earth so that God would be at work through them building his, our city into a city that looks like the kind of city whose builder and maker is God. We believe in being for our cities. In fact, we believe that the church is the best hope for the city. We believe that the church is a conduit of bringing the message of love, the good news of Jesus Christ, and becoming the hands and feet of Jesus by loving our neighbors. And so this isn't just about Lifehouse and Lifehouse uh, serving and ministering in and reaching our city, the cities where we physically exist and you as you serve in your neighborhood in your city, but starting new churches Churches in new places, being a diverse church, because we believe that the church should be the most diverse place on earth, because we're the only ones who are capable of unity that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, where we receive his love and share his love. And so we continue to start new churches and new places to reach new people. And so I want to introduce you again to um, one of our, our, to our newest 
church baby, meaning a new church being born this weekend. And so I want to introduce you again to Pastor Dimitric Bridge Church. Check this out. Hey, what's up, LifeHouse family? I'm Dimitric, and I'm a church planter, part of LifeHouse Network down here in Winter Haven, Florida. And we just launched Bridge Church. And, you know, I was talking to Pastor Patrick about uh, unity and reconciliation. And I remember we first moved here back in December, and I got invited to this pastor's meeting. And uh, one of the pastors asked me in that meeting, he's like, hey, so what kind of church are you going to be? Are you going to be a church for black people or white people? Because that's just how Polk County is, right? And, and I looked at them and, and I paused and I thought, and I was just like, man, we're going to be a church for, for people, right? Because God values people. God loves people. Um, you know, it, it says in the scriptures plenty of time, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, uh, slave nor free in Christ. It's like, we're all one. And he calls us to, to, to love each other love as we love ourselves, right? Love your neighbor as he loves ourselves and and the color and ethnicity that stuff doesn't matter man god loves us the bible says that he sent his one and only son here for all of us right like to to, to know him and to have fellowship with him not based on our skin color our background or any of that stuff it's all about loving christ turning to him and choosing to follow christ that's what it's about not our skin color you know because you know some of us we could we we're like chameleons <laughs> We can turn a different color depending on how hot the sun is. <laughs> no, God bless you. Love each other as you, as you love yourself. Huh? Man, so great to hear from Pastor Dimitric and Bridge Church. And I love that name because that captures our heart, right? The church is a bridge to cover the gap of the divide that separates us first from God and then from each other. So we love God and then we love each other. And I, I want to challenge you. How can you begin to love your neighbor? How can you begin to take responsibility to be your brother's keeper? M maybe there's a next door neighbor that you need to learn their name. Maybe there's someone that you interact with or you, you, you avoid them or you just barely interact with them. And, it, and to this week you're going to commit to grabbing coffee with them, or having them over for lunch. I want you to make a commitment that this week, you're gonna connect with one person that you don't right now personally know well. You're gonna learn their name and you're gonna love them with the love of Jesus. And you're gonna be the light of God's love to them. And you're gonna, you're gonna be your brother's keeper. You're gonna love them well and you're gonna share the love of Jesus with them, all right? You're gonna pray for them. You're gonna talk with God about them before you talk with them about God, and then you're gonna talk more with them than you talk about them. Maybe there's also someone that, there's a division right now between you and them, and God's putting it on your heart to become the bridge. Can I encourage you? Would you take that step, make a commitment to reconnect and reconcile in relationship? Let's be bridge builders. Let's be reconcilers. Let's be people who are our brother's keeper by faith. Let's be Abel's, not Cain's. Now, in my, earlier I mentioned to you that Cain spilled his brother's blood and said, I am not my brother's keeper. Um, in contrast, Jesus came and gave his blood because he was his brother's keeper. He is his brother's keeper. When we celebrate communion, we're celebrating Jesus giving his life, spilling his blood for us so that we can be reconciled in relationship with God. And so right now, you, you're, you've prepared yourself for communion. You're joining us online. And so whether you, maybe you get some grapes 
and some, I don't know, Easter crackers or Cheez-Its or whatever crackers you've got. Maybe get a little bit of juice and you're gonna, you're gonna take communion. The point is not the elements. The point is what they stand for. And so by faith, as you take communion, here's what you're doing, right? We're, we're remembering Jesus' death until he comes again. And so the apostle Paul said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And so take a moment, pause, pray, reflect. God, is there anything in the way of my relationship with you? And if there is, ask for forgiveness, make it right. That's the point of communion is that we're made in right relationship with God. And then would you celebrate and join us as we take communion? The bread, Jesus' broken body. The cup, Jesus' spilled blood, which is the promise of right relationship between us and God. So would you join us all across the globe in different states as Lifehouse as we join and take communion together? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.